0: Welcome back to another sci-fi podcast where psychology and finances collide, where we continue to examine how you think, feel, and behave with money. Today's topic I'm especially excited about Because the amount of interaction that I received in this class, this was something new that folks could actually use and bring home to their family members, but also something different that they could do with their finances. But it causes us to examine where we are placing our energy in financial management. And where we fail in certain areas or where we excel in other areas, it'll make sense in just a moment. The name of the class was Decreasing Financial Burnout. This was a sci-fi class presented in April. And the subtitle is Spreading the Wealth of Skills. And the reason for this is we all have a level of skill with our finances where some of us are really good in one area, maybe in the budgeting sense, where another one, another area where we may not be so good at or excel in would be maybe investing or long-term savings, those types of things. So we examine where are our skills, and how can we further use those, develop those, and maybe even delegate the ones that we absolutely loathe. I hope your interest is piqued. Let's get right to it. Most of us cringe when we think of sitting down and going over our spend plan or our budget. I try not to use the word budget because it indicates a sense of loss. But in this case, I'm going to use the word spend plan instead of budget. So a lot of us don't even like sitting down to plan where our money is going to go that month. But if that's not something you like to do, maybe there's someone in your household that does. And if you can't find someone in your household that does, you can always delegate that skill to a professional. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Here's what I want you, the audience, to do. I want you to think. For about 30 seconds, what you're good at financially that you enjoy doing. I wouldn't be a good therapist if I didn't make you do a little work. So reach in, reach down to the to the tippy-toe area, to the tippy-top of your head and pull out something that you're financially good at and that you enjoy doing. Now, some of you might think, ooh, I enjoy the shopping. That is a financial skill. I know some husbands or some wives listening to this might say, oh, no, Olivia, that is not a skill. That's okay. But it still needs to be done. Food shopping has to be done. Clothes shopping for the kids. And I know not everyone has a family yet or even kids yet, but that's okay. If you even have a pet, you got to do the food shopping. You got to do the pet shopping. Someone has to do the shopping. Some of you might actually like tracking your expenses. I know, for me, it's like, oh gosh, I don't like doing it. So I can't even imagine who enjoys doing that. But I can tell you right now, my husband does. He does a lot of that tracking. And some folks are really good at planning and having a big picture focus. So whatever you dug deep in your well for and pulled out that you're good at doing financially Congratulations. That is a motivational financial skill. A motivational skill is a skill that you enjoy using the most, a skill in which you are highly proficient. If you've identified that and you're doing that already, continue doing it. And if you're not doing that if you're not partaking in that motivational skill, if someone else is currently doing that, maybe you get to talk to the other person and say, hey, do you even find what you're doing? Let's say planning, the actual financial planning. I want to, I, I just found out that financial planning is something that I really enjoy doing. Do you enjoy doing that? And you might find that this person feels relieved that you finally asked because. Hey, that individual might be like, "Wow, I've been I've been doing this a long time. I didn't realize that I was doing this for so long, but I didn't enjoy doing it, but I'm good at it. But if you're willing to do it, yes, let me hand it over to you." And listen, there are a lot of things in the house where we discover that, where we discover our motivational skills and our burnout skills. So obviously what I was just talking about earlier for the person who had been financially planning for the family for a long time, maybe it was a skill that he or she was really good at or, or those skills in which you're competent but no longer enjoy using. That is the very definition of a burnout skill. Back to what I was saying, you find that often in many Or multiple household chores. So, for example, my husband was emptying the dishwasher for the longest time, and something happened. You know, maybe I can't remember if it was a back issue or something that one of us had a little earlier, and then he started taking that over. And one day I just finally said, you know what, could we swap? I would much rather empty the dishwasher rather than load the dishwasher. He felt so grateful. He said, oh, this is so great because I hate emptying the dishwasher. But he would much rather load the dishwasher, which I can't stand. I hate getting all that gunk on me and splashed by water and, you know, all that type of thing. But he doesn't mind it at all. So this is exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to make, the point that I'm trying to make here is that financial management is like a chore. It's just another task that has to be completed in the household. And what if we started thinking of it that way? For many of us, it may get us off our duff to finally do something different and do more of financial management. Now, for others who, who've been enjoying financial management tasks for all these years, maybe you're thinking, no, Olivia, I don't want to think of this as a chore at all. This is, this is something I absolutely enjoy doing. And that's great, too. That's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, like mowing the grass. When I was growing up, I did not like babysitting, but I would mow people's yards like you wouldn't believe. And I would have a bankroll at the end of every summer because I enjoyed mowing grass. But there are folks who do not enjoy mowing grass. Now that I'm older and I have other things that I have to do, eh, it's not on my top list of things to do, and, and my husband takes care of that. But that's just another example of how financial management can be viewed for you. And again, the purpose of these podcasts is to start to get you to think about finances a little differently. So if you never even imagined or thought of financial management or financial practice as a chore, maybe that's just enough mentally and psychologically to get you to spring into action. So here's the next exercise. We've already talked about what a burnout skill is, but I want you to identify that for yourself. What are you good at financially that you don't enjoy doing? Write it down and then see if this is something that you can delegate because you may have been avoiding doing this burnout skill for the longest time out of fear or even ignorance. Maybe you just didn't even know where to start or how to start, but if you delegate that to someone then that could free you up and make you more confident and competent to do that. So I wanted to share with you after the class, I always give a survey about the barriers associated with that class. So for this particular barrier, I asked, what are your perceived barriers when it comes to delegating different skills within the home, financial skills? Uh, one person answered and said, I'm single. I don't have anyone in the house to delegate to. And I may not be able to afford to delegate to a lay or professional. But this person does give the class the benefit out and says, having said that, Olivia made a good point. Sometimes delegating to a lay or a uh, lay professional or professional can actually save or make you money. So let me repeat what I said in the class so you can understand that a little bit more. Taxes, my husband, even though he's the financial guru in our house, he is not a tax professional. He is not steeped in tax code. He doesn't know all the new rules, all the things about taxes that are constantly coming up. So I think I've even shared this before where we finally went to a tax professional, a CPA, And boy, she saved us a lot of money. And this year, what I really appreciate about her, gosh, she's helped us every year with something. There's always some miracle she's pulling out of her hat. And this year, she brought up tax planning for us. And she noted some good things that we're doing with our money and said, because you're doing all these good things, here's what you need to consider with your tax planning. And I was thinking, wow, I can't believe I didn't think about that. So thank goodness we delegated to a professional who can understand what needs to be done and therefore can actually save us and make us money. So that person was left with this is something to ponder and investigate. Another barrier. So outside of, listen, this person said, okay, my first initial barrier that comes to mind is that I'm single and I don't have anyone living with me. So there you go. You have a lay professional or professional that you can engage with, and, you know, maybe you're paying a little money up front for the service, but like we have seen time and time again, it can actually make you money and save you money over the long run. So then another barrier that someone said, (laughs) I'm a control freak, and I'm so thankful that this person put that down as a barrier because don't we all engage in that Oh my goodness, if we would only allow someone else to do something for us, our lives could be a little easier. But when you are a control freak, it robs you of that opportunity for a little freedom and a little relaxation and peace, but then it also robs someone else of the opportunity to help you. So it could be someone in your house, maybe a child. Who, who you're wanting to delegate the meal planning to so that you spend less money on eating out. We're going to allow our 14-year-old to do that. She's starting to do that already. And if I, and, and I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I'm a little bit of a control freak, so it takes one to know one. I get it. But allowing her to do that allows me the freedom to engage more in my financial motivational skills. Again, her service to us as a family is going to assist us as a family. The other barrier for delegating burnout skills is embarrassment. This person doesn't want to admit that they need help in that area. Ooh, that could be you, audience. But isn't it actually more courageous to let someone know that you need help in this area. And by asking for help in that area, if you could improve your finances, when you want to, wow, that could be awesome. There's a lot that we don't know. We can't expect to know everything. So maybe reframing that embarrassment as a way to try something new. It's not that you don't have all the skills and tools that you need. It's just that because this is not something you've ever dabbled in, I really need help in this. And that's a good thing. I would encourage you to have that conversation with your family, delegating that burnout to whether it's your spouse, your child. Listen, your children are great at keeping up the lawn. I see folks that come in for budgeting that are living paycheck to paycheck and are paying a lawn service. $250 to $300 a month, and they have grown children living in their house. Listen, I believe that you are able to operate a lawnmower at the age of 10. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I think it is developmentally appropriate. (laughs) You have the ability, you have the wherewithal to operate that kind of machinery with proper guidance and proper education at the age of 10, all right? I was doing it at the tender age of 10. Surely if I can do it, any 10-year-old can do this. And listen, I know that some folks might even go there and think about children who, not be, who may not be able to, but don't rob them of an opportunity. Even if you have a special needs child who may be on the autism spectrum, they could, depending on, On their ability, can still cut the grass and can make them feel productive and empowered. So don't automatically rob your children or other people in your lives of opportunities because you don't think they can't do it. But again, with proper supervision, those types of things. We want to empower our children, we want to enable. Our children, but we also want to do that with our spouses as well. Because one of the things that I see often are widows who come in after their spouse has passed and they don't know the first thing about budgeting or spend planning or managing the finances. So we don't want to rob these folks of opportunities to know how to live once you've even passed on. And we're not even talking longevity here, we're talking learning this now because you never know when you will be called off of this earth. So delegating burnout can be beneficial not only to you, but to other people. Here's another exercise that I would like you to think about. What financial skills do you need to develop? Are you strong where your spouse is financially weak or vice versa? That would be called a developmental skill those areas where you want to improve or learn new skills. We were just talking about widows that come in, helping your spouse understand the finances, developing that skill in that person. You can read a financial book, whether you're single or married, you can can read it alone or you can read it together. Or if you're like me uh, or my husband, you read the book, you highlight what's important, and then you share the highlights, which makes it easy for two working professionals. Or watching this recorded class together. That will be made available to you in the post under this podcast, the class, uh, full class that I did on delegating financial burnout. And why not attend different financial classes together in person or financial symposium or just focusing on one skill at a time to work out with each other? Here's the last thing that I'm going to ask you to do as far as an exercise outside of finances, where do you excel? So me, outside of finances, I excel in uh, music. I excel in athletics. I excel in speaking roles. So those are some things that I can transfer. Those are transferable skills that can be transferred from role to role. So if I'm good at running, which I'm not going to be doing anymore because of my back surgery. But there are other things that I am very happy to do and I'm enjoying doing. Um, Introduced to spinning a little more frequently now, which is great. Um, But these transferable skills, so athleticism or um, having Uh, you know, playing music, those both require discipline. So I can tell myself, hey, you know where I, I excel? I excel in discipline. If I really set my mind to completing something, I will complete it. So you can pull from that wealth of skills that already exists within you that may not even be related to finances that you can transfer to your financial management practice discipline, or even with with the speaking engagements, planning. So planning ahead, getting my notes together. What is important? What are the highlights? What are the things that I want to make sure that are covered in my finances this month? Let me also tell you that any skill that we have requires setting boundaries around that time. I like to work out. I got to set boundaries around that time. I tell my girls, I can't pick you up until after school care on these days because mama's got to work out. And when mama works out, everyone's happier because mama's happier. So setting boundaries around that time is okay. Do that. Whatever transferable skills you have, apply them to your financial management as well. With that being said, I'm going to close with the encouragement for you to decrease your financial burnout and finally have a conversation with your spouse, your children. How can you help each other? You might find relief on both ends. I'll see you next time.